Welcome to Q&A Selling Online with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome to the show, my friends. Today we have with us Stephen Pope. For those of you that don't know, Stephen Pope is my Amazon guy. He's the founder of My Amazon Guy. He started his career as a TV reporter in Idaho, and then he did e-commerce for 10 years. He was an e-commerce director for 10 years. He also owns MAG, which is My Refund Guy. Uh, it's a clawback FBA service. And Momster, a private label FBA wine glass brand. So. Another thing is that Stephen has more than 300 videos on Amazon explaining how to do almost anything you can think of in Amazon. So that's one of the things we've got to talk about for you guys to check out. And on top of that, Stephen hosts a podcast where he interviews other Amazon experts. Stephen, welcome to the show. Quinn, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure having you here. So, uh, man, it's unbelievable that you have 300 videos on YouTube. It's Man, where any, do you find any, the time? Anytime a question comes in that I don't have a video on, I force myself to shoot one. Even if it's a three to five minute clip, right before I got on the Zoom podcast with you today, I did one as well. It was on Amazon fees because somebody's asking me, how much does it cost to sell on Amazon? I was like, go through my 300 video list. Nope, don't have one on this. Better shoot one now because the next person that's going to ask me this will be tomorrow or the next day. Yeah, you, you know what my issue is with with doing video is uh, at least for me when I do I want to do let's say a five minute video saying how to turn on your computer right it's gonna take me two hours <laughs> to, <laughs> it's gonna take me two hours to make sure that that video is the way I like I do the opposite the one shot take no editing authentic you know. Don't cut the ums. So to each their own, your perfection is more professional and I respect it, but I don't have the time to do it. And I just, I just, just post, post, post. I'm, I'm very much in the Gary V vein of things. Okay, cool. No, I mean, because I don't have the time to do it either. That's why I don't. Right? Got so it. I don't, <laughs> I don't do Makes it. Sense. So before we get into Amazon, tell me about your TV reporter day. So you... That's what you studied for, and you were for, for a while a TV reporter. What exactly would you do as a TV reporter? You bet. So classic TV reporter, like April on you know Ninja Turtles yeah. reporter, right? The only difference is, is that instead of having a producer that followed me and a cameraman that followed me, I was a one-man band. So I was the guy carrying the camera, the guy setting up the camera, getting in front of the camera to talk about this tanker explosion behind me and talk about why that tanker used to look like the one next to it, but now it's exploded. Um, or I'd go talk to the politicians or the crazy cat lady or uh, flying a stunt airplane. It was a blast. I love being a reporter. I hated working for the news industry. It's a collapsed industry, very corrupt, polarizing industry. Don't recommend it. If you have a kid in college or somebody else who's trying to become a journalist, Talk them out of it unless they are really, really easygoing people who are willing to take a beating for the rest of their lives. It is just grueling. So for every one job, there are 100 people who want it and the pay sucks. And I, and I could complain and make the list longer. But to save time, suffice it to say, love being a reporter, 
got out of the industry and I've been doing e-commerce ever since. And I'm a recovering reporter, if you will. So <laughs> <laughs> recovering reporter. So Stephen, one of the things we touched on before, before I started recording was something that I found out about you that I wanted to talk about. And if somebody is listening right now from Utah, is there any chance that they have learned how to play chess with you? There, there is a possibility. Yes. <laughs> I taught at over 50 plus elementary schools, had over 150 private students over, over the course of my high school and college days. That's how I, how I had all my income growing up. I even sold chess sets. I never sold chess online. So it's not my e-com experience. Mm. But my first thing I did sell online is still as nerdy as chess was a Magic the Gathering card on eBay for 20 bucks, Sliver Queen, if you're familiar with any of that. So. <laughs> Wow, that's so cool. So 50, you said 50 schools. Was that like one day you would go to one yes. next week to another one? Yeah, I did it for several years. And so I got to make the rounds. And so, you know, taught at every, every elementary school on the north side of Salt Lake Valley up to Ogden. So it was good. It was, I loved, I loved teaching chess and, you know, just interacting with kids and logic and training and thinking ahead. You know, those kinds of skills, they're, they come in handy no matter what you're doing in life. But when it comes to Amazon, man, if you don't think ahead, you're going to be checkmated in two moves from your opponent called your competitor or, or somebody who's playing against you a la Amazon themselves. So, Yeah. And uh, talking about that, I want to ask you about that because you had 10 years of e-commerce experience before getting into Amazon. And because, because I did too, I... I felt like I had an advantage over the majority of the people when I started out on Amazon a few years ago. Did you feel like you had an advantage because you knew what SEO was um, back then? You used to do it with Google or uh, yes, Google. Uh, nobody else. None of the other ones mattered. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yahoo and before Yahoo. that, who even remembers at this point? <laughs> Yahoo did for a little bit. Yeah. Ask Jeeves. I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe there was one that started with an L. It was like Lycos. It was like a dog or something. I totally butchered it. We'll, we'll hear about it in the comments section. Yeah, big advantage, no doubt about it. Uh, because I was on the corporate side, I was able to see how big corporations struggle with these questions. Right. So. My personality type, I'm an architect. So I can understand quickly like what levers to pull to figure out how to grow something. And my passion is seeing the progress, right? But in big organizations, they absolutely struggle to adopt core e-commerce principles, right? So if you're, if you're a manufacturer or a wholesaler today and you want to go to become a retailer, it's like the difference between operating like a Costco, nice, neat pallet sections and everything is nice and clean versus... Kroger, clean up on aisle seven every freaking single day to run your Amazon business retail style, right? And so because I'd seen those challenges where companies failed, you know, one company I worked for was called Nisbets. They're the number one retailer in the UK for restaurant equipment, deep catalog, 2000 SKUs. They bought a $5 million warehouse in Baltimore and just expected to be successful, not realizing the country was gigantic and they didn't have a warehouse in the West Coast and the East Coast. They didn't switch their language to American speak. They were like, let's give everybody a voucher. Nobody knows what a voucher is in the United States. It's a coupon. Called it rubbish bin and the list goes on. So I got to see those problems and challenges and how they resolved them and, and fail. I worked for failed four failed startups before I went out on my own. And how did you get into Amazon 
on your own? Were you a seller first or did you start with services? So I was a seller first before I did the services. However, on the corporate side, I was either the e-commerce director or marketplace director. And so I was always working with big catalogs and data management and trying to push my inventory to more locations. And so in my opinion, e-commerce can be boiled down to four things. Sell more product to more people more often for more money. And the one that's most forgotten is the more money part. And the easy solution on that is just raise your prices. But in any case, I always was trying to build more marketplaces. If you're not on Amazon, get on Amazon. If you're not on Shopify, get on that. Etsy, eBay, Walmart, the list, you know, back in the day, it was Sears or Price Falls or Rakuten, Newegg even. You know, I sold lights on Newegg. Who would have thought that would work? It does. One of the things that I mentioned here during the intro, it was the very first time I ever did that, was mentioning somebody else's brand. And I mentioned that you have a private label FBA wine glass brand. So not only you say what it is, you actually let everybody know what your brand is. Are you not afraid of letting people know what your brand is? Not, not at all, because I only spend 3% of my time on my momster brand. That's M-O-M-S-T-A-R. If you want to look it up, funny wine glasses with any saying, I am not invested into that brand in any shape or form. So if somebody wants to go rip me off right now, feel free. Good luck. Have fun enjoying shipping glasses across the country. I know you're not going to do it. So <laughs> in any case, I test every idea I have on this brand. And every 10 things we test, seven fail. One's a great idea and two are okay. Mm -hmm. So I can't justify testing every crazy idea I have for my clients. I've got lots of clients. Their dollars matter. They're paying us the big dollars to make sure that they make money. And there's a friction between growth and there's a friction between growth and profit, right? But on my brand, I don't care if I'm profitable. I'm doing it to learn the system, keep my skills sharp so that when I'm on a call, with any client, I can answer any question about how to run their business. Nice. I like it. I, I like what you said. Good luck shipping glass. <laughs> and, and I failed a lot. Like I, I launched a, a hot sauce in, in January and it fell flat. And you know why? It was because the damages for my logistics were unsolvable. Amazon was taking my, even though I paid Amazon prep for them to prep my item, they were sending giant bottles, heavy bottles, like four pound bottles of hot sauce in freaking envelopes. Like Amazon is so structurally incompetent. I cannot, I couldn't believe myself. I was like, I've been doing this for years. I did not even see this one coming because they're so stupid sometimes. So you have to really protect yourself and anything you send into Amazon. If, if you want my best piece of advice on our podcast today, yeah. ship it into Amazon. Like it's going to be shipped to a consumer. Yes. Yes, I like that. Ready to be brown box in the mail. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I actually gave up on the hot sauce stream because I couldn't make a profit. It was a fun dream. It's been put the rest. I had many of those that were, you know, sometimes I, I tell everybody that you should, you should, it's not that you should launch what you like or what you're passionate about. I mean, if there's demand, yes, go for that. But we've got to find things that have the demand. But every now and then there are things that, I would want to do, to launch because it would give me pleasure. And I tried that before and I had one of those, like it, it didn't work. And it was something that I was passionate about. So I, I love the name Momster. I think it's the most clever brand name. And my wife, by the way, who I made the brand for 
hates it. And, and so I was like, come on, Emily. That's my wife's name. Emily, let's, let's go make a baby goods brand. This is going to be the most amazing thing ever. And she's like, I hate it. And I was like, ah, oh. so even if you, you know, even if you have a great brand name, you got it trademarked and, you know, sometimes you just have to morph it to wherever the demand goes. Um, and the stars don't always align. You have to roll with the punches. Um, I'm the, I'm the kind of guy that plays a hundred poker hands. I know pocket aces is in there somewhere. I just don't know which hand. Yes. And you don't know who else has it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know who my competition has either, but quite frankly, the more data I've looked at, this is a really weird thing for me to say. The more data I look at, the less data I count on. I actually ignore the competition almost entirely these days. And I let the margins make the decisions and I, I just go for high quality products. And if you're doing that, you're going to be solvent. Yeah. I like that approach. You go with quality, man, Steven, we hear it too often, people calling it the, my Amazon brand, right? Is if you just have the Amazon brand, it tells me right away that they're doing what everybody else is doing. They're finding a private label product in China to sell. And there are so many of these big brands that they don't care who the competitor is. They're good at manufacturing something. They have the quality product. And no matter what the competition is like, they're going to launch it. And there's chances, uh, really good chances that, of succeeding. So, so yeah. there's two types of products, right? There's like the co-op demand product, which you're describing in my opinion. And there's the demand gen type product. Demand gen will make more money, but has like a 10% chance of success, right? So like you're coming out with this new item, you're selling it to new customers, new item. Very, very difficult. If you were to pull out a piece of paper right now and write a plus sign and you had the four quads available, new to new, old to new, old to old, new to old. And that's a quad for new product to new customers, old product to new customers, et cetera, right? The Amazon model is very good at selling old product to old customers. Demand gen is about taking a new product to old and new customers. And that's very, very difficult to do. So if you're new to Amazon and you're a new seller, don't go for demand gen unless you have a patented, crazy, cool engineering background and you know exactly how to improve this product. Chances are you're better off co-opting the demand and riding that wave and making a small tweak to a good product and making it slightly better. So what if we had, let's start here from the beginning. If you had a product to launch, how do you do your new launches on Amazon? What kind of services do you use? Do you use external giveaways still? Do you Not do anymore. No. Not anymore. I think most of the giveaways have, have you know, the ship has sailed on that. I, here, here's, my, here's my online strategy for launching a new product. I spend, let's assume the cost of your goods is around two to three grand. You're invested in, you know, minimum thousand quantity or whatever it might be, something less than that. So cost of goods, $3,000 your advertising plan should look something like this. One to $2,000 in Google ads first two weeks, one to $2,000 Facebook ads first two weeks and shut it off. Amazon ads day one, $2,000 and always keep Amazon ads 24 seven permanently moving forward. If, if that math works for your finances, you're going to be successful if it's a good product. The Google and Facebook ads will get it off the ground. It will teach Amazon algorithm to pay attention to your items. The Amazon ads though are what are actually going to get the conversions. But what I have found is that if you send external traffic, it trains the signals to Amazon to give you Amazon paid traffic. And that's where the real success comes in. The keyword rankings are gained 
and you jettison in that honeymoon period, if you will, in the first two weeks of launching an item. So that's the goal behind the Google and Facebook ads. There's a ton of things you need to do to you know, optimize your listing, obviously pictures, title, bullets, A plus content, keywords in the back and all that stuff matters. But if you're looking for like budget and how to launch an item from scratch, that's, that's generally my playbook and it's easily replicatable. Got it. So, and you said after one week you would turn on your Google traffic. So, so, in the, so day one, let's say your listing's fully optimized. You've got your conversion in place. Day one, you're turning ads on. And by the way, there's this really cool feature most people don't know about inside of Seller Central. You can actually schedule your launch date, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't, what you don't want to have happen is your item to go live before you're fully ready, right? You don't know when the FBA check-in is going to happen. So, you know, let's say you're going to be scheduled out three weeks. You think FBA will land in two weeks. So you pick a date three weeks from now, 21 days out. Well, the moment you are live, you can take that release date and reset it to today and go live. So what I suggest is day one, spend money on all three ad platforms that we talked about, Facebook, Google, Amazon. Mm -hmm. When you're launching a product, if you do this, you will jettison the rankings, show up as the number one bestseller in your category during that honeymoon period, and you will gain keyword rankings quickly. If you do the opposite, if you do a slow launch, it will be harder for you later to gain those rankings. So instead of doing $1,000 over six months in ad spend, do $1,000 in the first two weeks, and you will have much stronger results, even if you only sold like $300 in units, right? So you're going to take this huge immediate loss to jump the rankings. And that's why it works because you're training the algorithm. Hey, I will send traffic to you, Amazon. I will give you money. Pay attention to me. Yeah. And since you're doing the Facebook and Google ads, you're not going to be doing them to a super URL because you, you could be destroying some of the keyword relevancy to some of the keywords. So you just do it to the amazon.com forward slash your ASIN number. Is that the... I, I think I think the, the technique on this is evolving. There's probably not a perfect way to do it, right? So like if if you could convince customers to physically convert and mm-hmm. tell them, go search for my product on Amazon and do search find buy, that's like the ideal outcome. It's not realistic, but that's the ideal outcome. It could right? be. There's yeah. a way. All right. So so if you've got that technique, I wanna I wanna hear about it. But uh, if you're gonna use a super URL the chances of you in the first two weeks with zero reviews on your listing, your conversion is going to be pretty bad. But it's, in my opinion, it's probably okay because any conversion in the first two weeks is good conversion, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And then week three plus, that's when you start to get more picky and you focus in and tailor in on your, your Amazon ads. But I, I, want to hear, I want to hear from you. What's, uh, what's going on with this uh, search find buy technique? I want to hear about it. Well, it's something that we're, we're working on to get as a competition, pretty much. Basically, you would get any kind of external traffic to join in as a competition. There's a term for this, which is like, it's like treasure hunt. Yeah. Almost like a treasure hunt. I totally agree with this. So you're going to get the users to go to Amazon to do this treasure hunt. And this treasure hunt involves doing the search and finding of a product that is supposedly a secret, right? So... Uh, so you make it like a treasure hunt to the consumer. That's, this is, that's a fantastic idea. I love yeah. it. So it's uh, basically it's like a treasure hunt. And then there is, there, there is no limit of what the, what the prize is going to be because the more people that do the, the find the product and buy the product, that, that's their entry fee basically to the, to the treasure hunt. Right. Great, great uh, idea. I love yeah. it. 
that's one of the steps to get to the to the main prize. But yeah, so th- there's going to be a lot of incentives to keep going, and maybe maybe that search find bike could be done for more than one product. Okay, you found the product next. You know, it's like uh, what's that? You a race? There's a race where there's going to be there's a bunch of steps, and then you got to go by train to one place, car to the next one, and uh, the amazing race, isn't that it? Yeah, I think so. It's like that, but for for, for products, Amazon, right? Yeah, that's yeah. great. Great concept. I, I, I'll be honest, external traffic strategies have been a quagmire for me in the last year. We've, we've done less of them over time because the rules keep changing so quickly and the techniques mm-hmm. keep breaking and stop working. It's like really hard to write an SOP on like, go do this and repeat it for your 20 plus clients or whatever. So we've, we've become more masters within the Seller Central portal and kind of making that where we're an inch wide and a mile deep. But external traffic strategies, I think, are still important, but way harder to execute than they were a year ago. Yes, definitely. Definitely, Eric. So do you have any experience with, you We kind of touched on earlier, that's almost easier to launch something brand new, that to, trying to revive a product that, imagine somebody else launched this product a year ago and never sold. Now there's a ton of inventory and you're going to try to revive that product. Do you, do you figure, like, give it up and do a brand new, do a brand new skew on that and launch it again? If, if the items are at FBA currently, it changes my opinion. And I would say try and revitalize that ASIN because removal orders are the biggest pain in the butt, right? Like if you don't have a warehouse, then imagine packages coming to your front door every day over the course of the next 60 days, right? That's like the mess you're going to have to deal with if you're removing 500, 1,000 units. And if you send it to your warehouse, they will hate you because it's a, such a messy check-in process. Nothing's documented. Good luck finding that white paper slip that's like the size of, you know, three by three card. So if, if you have the quantity of goods at Amazon, I would stay on the same ASIN. If you have the goods at your place and maybe there's 20 or 50 quantity at Amazon and you've got 500 to 1,000 in your warehouse, without a doubt in my mind, you should relaunch that ASIN. Get a new UPC code relaunch it from scratch and do all of the techniques we talked about to get the product in that first two-week honeymoon period off the ground. You will not regret this decision. If it fails twice, it's a bad product. Get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Steven, we all know like one of the top factors that A9 wants is relevancy. So on Amazon, the relevancy, most of it comes from conversions, right? So if somebody converts for some for a term, that means it's it has to be somewhat relevant. Do you have any techniques to increase your conversion? This, this is probably the hardest thing to do in 2020, in my opinion, right? It's super easy for me to be a marketer and be like, hey, I can get you traffic. <laughs> I can run your PPC ads. No problem, right? That's the easiest thing to do. And that's why you see like dozens and dozens of PPC agencies out there. And by the way, there's some really good ones. I, I have a big fan. I have a fan club of a couple. But the harder part is conversion. It's so much harder to take a conversion rate and double it versus double the traffic. Like on a ratio of easiness to hardness, it's probably like seven times harder to double conversion rate versus double traffic, right? It's just mm-hmm. that much harder. So, so here's the things I would do. If you are confident that your product needs to be at page one, rank one for a particular term, go all in on it, right? Go all in on it in your title, the bullets, the content. And I don't mean keyword stuff. I mean, be relevant to that term in every shape and form. 
Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I want the quick hack. This is cool in theory, but give me the quick hack. I want to go do something today. I get it. Here's your quick hack. A plus content has alt text and 100 characters per photo. It's the most underutilized place to get indexing. Now, mind you, on paper, Amazon does claim they do not index A plus content. I believe they are big fat liars and they totally index it. And here's how I know. I took Spanish and put it on one photo, 100 characters of Spanish, and did not put this in the search terms, no, no copy, nothing. It indexed within 48 hours for Spanish terms. So without a doubt in my mind, alt text of photos matters. And so if you're looking for your quick hack today, you have potentially dozens of photos in your A-plus content. Go set the alt text you haven't, if you haven't done it already. So, so increasing conversion rates. So we'll go back to the heart of your question here. Increase your relevancy to increase conversion rates and make sure that the content matches. It, you know, back in the day, I used to like to do shotgun PPC campaigns where I'd put hundreds of keywords in a campaign. That is not a best practice anymore. Instead, it's like pick your three to 10 keywords that are hyper-relevant to your product and put those into a campaign. Have dozens of campaigns. Don't get me wrong on that. But the shotgun is now very much a pistol. And those keywords that are in those PPC better be in the copy. If they're not, Amazon's not going to give you traffic, which means no traffic means conversions are relevant to begin with. Photos. Your photos need to have so high quality these days. I recommend pictures on white photography for for photography needs. If you don't have a resource, check them out. But basically, there there are three or four key main photos you need. Number one, your picture uh, on white and main photo needs to be cropped correctly so it looks big on the page. Take out the white space on the top and the bottom of it. Number two, you need a secondary photo that demonstrates the product. And that should be showing the features, infographic style. Here's where this feature exists on this product. So I've got a road mic in front of me. Check out the screen here. Here's an arrow and explains why that's cool. Third thing, lifestyle. Show me a picture of that product in use with a person. You know, And ideally, show me them smiling and enjoying the product. If you sell hemp cream and you market to 45-year-old women with arthritis, if your pictures don't reflect that, then you're not improving your conversion and relevancy to said demographic. Go fix it. Right? I had a client um, who's comfortable with me saying this, had Mike Tyson on the brand and it was a hemp cream. And we realized late in the game that it was the wrong branding to go after athletics. We figured out, nope, we should be targeting uh, women who have arthritis in their 40s and 50s. So you got to figure out your relevancy to target the right demographic as well. To prove your point that you are right, one of the things that happened recently to one of my clients was that they had a clothing that was meant to be for plus size. Okay, I used to sell women's plus size clothing, so this is great. All right. Yeah. So the images that they had, there was not a single plus size person wearing those clothes, which actually make the clothing look more bulkier because the person is small. And I mean, that is a mistake. So you, you, everybody wants to have beautiful models, beautiful female models, smiling, wearing something. But if, if that is not your target, right? It's like trying to sell skincare where, where you have uh, an image of 16-year-olds wearing that skincare. It's, it's not going to attract your customer. So it's just kind of bringing back your point that you need to know who your audience is and show them using the product, right? In, in this day and age, if you're not being authentic with your messaging, you're doing it wrong. And, and there is more transparency, more information, and more competition than there ever has been before. So granted, in the women's plus size clothing example, 
you, you don't want to show somebody morbidly obese wearing these clothes to market them. That's a fact. But you better have a plus size model. If you don't have a plus size model who's at least a size 10 plus, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. People actually may feel offended if you're trying to sell plus size clothing to somebody that, that is, you know, six foot one, a hundred pound, right? <laughs> it, that is the opposite of authentic. And you are going to have a low conversion rate with those pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You said that you also sold plus... Uh, Plus size yeah. clothing. That was yeah, I, used to, I used to work for a company that was called Ula Popkin. I was their marketplace manager. Uh, this was the job where I learned how to operate a P&L. My, my boss basically quit within the first 60 days of me getting there. And I had to figure out how to run a, a whole marketing division by myself with like a year of experience. It was a blast. I loved it. Made a lot of mistakes, but, but grew it nonetheless. It, it, you know, if, if, if you ever find yourself in that position, by the way, if you're, if you're ever working at a corporation, maybe you're not on the Amazon grind yet and you're aspiring and it's a side hustle and you're like, man, my day job sucks. Hang in there, guys. I, I get it. Do your best. Give, give a full 100, 100% of your effort. You'll hang in there. And then one day get, tr- get transition to that, that Amazon enterprise. I can feel you on that. Mm-hmm. And especially if your boss quits and you're like, oh man, this is getting uncomfortable. The house is on fire. I've been there. But yeah. you, can, you can get through it. You can get through it. I promise. I got it. And a lot of people, a lot of us have been there. And one of the important things to know too, is that even though you may hate your job today and your plans are starting an Amazon FBA business, you do not quit tomorrow. Make sure you have enough funding to feed your business for the business growth. What what do you mean? You mean I can't make a million dollar business and quit my job tomorrow and and get paid paychecks, you know, multi hundred thousand dollars per month from Amazon within 60 Steven, days. Steven, you can, but that's if you buy my course. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yeah. Uh, yeah in, in reality, you know, if you're selling on Amazon, you're going to be nine months to 12 months before you see a profit in my opinion. Exactly. And to that matter, if you can keep a job, even if you don't like that job, because Anybody that is an entrepreneur or have a, has an entrepreneurial mind, they want to work for themselves, right? So even if your job is good, you probably want to get out of it, right? But remember that the longer you can feed your own needs, like your pay your rent and all that with, some, with the money from that third-party business, the longer your, your business can have it's not going to starve. Basically, you can grow it faster because you're going to keep putting that money back into it. I know, Stephen, because of that, a lot of the course creators try to, you know, it's a marketing technique, but they, they try to say that you can quit tomorrow because you're going to be a millionaire. And a lot of people do quit. And then they have to go back eventually because, you know, even if you make 10 grand a month and you have $2,500 expenses, they're gone. There's zero money for you because 10 grand, if you made 25%, that's 2,500 bucks. You are left with zero. So next month, how, how do you buy the next SKU? How do you reinvest? Exactly. How do you hire somebody to be an assistant? doesn't work. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we, we agree with that. So that, that, does that mean you don't have a course to sell? I actually don't sell any coursework. It's, it's becoming a reoccurring topic of conversation. Um, but, but what I have done instead is I give away all my trade secrets, which is why you intrigued me with like the 300 YouTube videos. I simply just tell everybody how to do everything. Now, now this, 
hopefully, hopefully nobody like quits your course and starts looking at my free content. To, to be fair, I'm answering very super specific technical questions and I never do the full story in one go. And you're way better off hiring Quinn to get your coursework done because you need, you need a beginning, a middle and an end game. Whereas mine's like, how do I solve this one problem? Right. But I don't have a course by the way, Steve. Okay. All right. Good, good. So instead, you know, my agency is focused on like, you know, our, our uh, content is our attention, right? Our currency. And we know that if we add value to the community, we help a hundred people, maybe one of them eventually will pay, pay us money and buy something. And that's fine. Yeah. You know what? I, I offer my content for free. My, my podcast is probably three and a half years old, right? All the content on podcasts is free. And until now, I've received many offers, some that I have been guests here that asked me to, to do advertising for products or for, for services. And I do not advertise for service. So the podcast costs, podcast costs me money and everybody knows that. And I pay for the hosting, I pay for the, the editing. And I do not put advertising here because I want it to be genuine. So if I say, Okay, uh, Stephen's tool, the MAG, my ref- my refund guy, is legit. I want people to know that. Okay, I'm not going to gain a cent from it, right? If I say, I I, I mentioned that I use Helium Ten tools because they're I mean, good tools. They're good tools, <laughs> man. Who, who wouldn't want to? And I have nothing to gain. Although I do have a um, a discount code for if anybody wants to get it, but that's. It's not like I'm going to gain something. They're going to get a discount more than I'm going to get anything. But yeah, it's, it's more legit. You know what I mean? You, you do know what I mean. Because you do I, the I, same. I know, exa- I know exactly what you're talking about, right? So like I, I've been building a network of, of other services and people I like to work with. And there's three, three I'm going to name drop. Quiet Light Brokerage, if you need to buy or sell a business. Seller Accountant, Tyler Jeffcoat, if you need any accounting your CFO needs. And Pictures on White Photography. Those are great people. And if, and those are services I don't offer that I would talk up all the time, anywhere I go. And I don't get a dime from them and they don't get a dime from me. We, we just talk about each other because they're good people. And so I I look forward to involving you in that group of circles. That's great. Awesome. How about, since we're talking about it, what are some of your favorite tools? Helium 10 is such a good tool. You hardly need anything else, right? Like they, they have done such a good job of investing in what they do. I'm just utterly impressed. And I, I don't get anything for saying this. It's just that when I became aware of Helium 10, we got rid of almost all of our other tools. We didn't need them anymore. <laughs> They're all in one place. Now, outside of Helium 10, and, and I use it for keyword research, market competitor, all that good stuff. Couldn't have an easier job doing SEO work than Helium 10. I, I, I do like a clawback service. If you don't have one today, the My Refund guy that you mentioned, it's a commission-based service to go out and ticket to Amazon to say, hey, Amazon, you damaged my good. Give me the money you owe me. And it's completely automated. And, and everybody needs one of those in their repertoire. I like DS Quick View. It's a quick Chrome extension just so I can see like a top seller in the search page. I'll tell you what though. Here's the thing that most people won't expect me to say. I've been investing in people more than I've ever done in my life. And what I mean by that is I made a decision this year that I'm building my Amazon guy to hold. I will never sell this agency. And that really mentally changed how I operated and how I thought. And now I've been investing in people tools, right? So I've been thinking about how, you know, I went out and reviewed culture index, predictive index, disc profiles, Briggs and Myers. Like I am eating this stuff up all day long right now because I'm trying to hack and create a scientific method for like how 
to invest in people? How do I get somebody to stay at my company for 10 years instead of one or two years? These are not the questions I was asking myself last year. If you're running a business today, you should ask these questions to yourself. How could I get an employee that can help me build this business for the rest of their lives? It will change everything you do as a business. Oh, you know, to somebody I would introduce you to then, Stephen, because what you just mentioned is exactly the skills of somebody I interviewed not too long ago. And for 20-something years, he was the head of the counterintelligence department of the FBI. So he understands negotiations and people, no doubt. They study human behavior, a human behavior analysis, and he was the guy that would convince foreign spies to change sides. Turn, turn coat. Nice. Yeah, so if that guy can't convince somebody to stay in your company, I mean, right? That's awesome. I would, lo- I would love a referral. That's great. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's amazing, man. The, the things that we talked about, it, it's yeah, pr- pretty cool. So you did mention that my refund guy is fully automated. So all I have to do is connect it to my Amazon account and then I never have to touch it again. That's 100% true. 25% commission rate. All the ticketing is done. And there's a nice dashboard that shows you every single dime and where it came from, the case log, the, the FBA shipment ID, everything is tracked and it's completely automated. So if you sign up for that today, you could get thousands of dollars back in your, your pocket from refunds that Amazon owes you already. Okay, so the advantage of that is purely the automation because I know Helium 10 that we mentioned about has the refund genius. It's not automated though, right? You still have to go in there and... You, you got to download the report, you got to do the work. And then if you still file it, you got to do the follow through, right? Like, so the, the nice thing about having a service do this for you is that they will make sure every single damaged item, lost item, and other situations that Amazon owes you money for is accounted for. Now, granted, the Helium 10 tool, if you do that, it will probably get 70 or 80% of the value. And you then, then you got to remember, go do it every six months and go spend the time doing it. That other 30%, though, that'll pay for my service. Then you don't even have to download the report. Wow. Incredible. How, how bad are they still? Are they getting, bad, getting better with time of refunding you? Or? I see them get better and then they get worse. It's kind of weird, right? Like I, I thought they were getting better. And then all of a sudden it's like, man, we're dinging them left and right. They're supposed to automatically give you money that you're owed. They simply don't. And it bugs me because if, if Amazon takes their forklift and goes through a, a case of your items, they should pay you for that. Yeah, and they, yeah. they, they, they don't automatically always. And you know how you said that sometimes they try to do things better and it, it, they actually turn worse. One of the things they changed recently was the way that a new seller registers. So if you want to register for a new account, now anybody can register several accounts as long as you have an an entity for it, you can have several accounts. And on the registration page, if you do it through the US, there's an option to ask where you were born, the country of birth. I didn't know this, but for example, somebody that messaged me yesterday, they were born in Uruguay. They are a Canadian citizen. They own businesses in Canada. They always lived in Canada and they wanted to sell on Amazon. But because their birth country is not, does not show up on the dropdown, they couldn't register the account. It's a... Uh... An interesting policy to talk about. I understand why Amazon is doing things like this. So we mentioned earlier, or maybe I didn't mention this yet. 
I think Amazon's entering the maturity phase. And because of that, they're going to start to make decisions that won't make logical sense to some people. But it will make sense if you understand they're entering the maturity phase. Everything that Amazon does from here on out is to make profit. They've already built, they've already grown. They, they don't need to grow anymore. They're half the freaking economy now, mm-hmm. right? They already dominate. So now, could they grow into other verticals? Yes, that's not what I'm talking about. Though. I'm talking about Amazon.com. Yeah. So when they put a policy in place like this to prevent fraud, it's because an 80-20 role like this takes care of 80% of the problem. 20% of the good acting users who are negatively affected by this are screwed over by it. So the solution here is go buy a business, go buy an Amazon account, get around it that way. Not the, not the solution people, people want to hear, right? Yeah. But I did talk to a lady the other day that bought an Amazon account for only four grand. And hey, I would, I would do that if it solved the birthright issue easily. Yeah. Although, I mean, where you're located and that should matter more than like where you were born, right? Because... I, I have stopped, I have a personal policy. I've stopped trying to explain the illogical nature of Amazon. Yeah. It's impossible, right? Like it's the reason I'm in business, the reason you're in business. Like it's impossible to make sense of some of their decisions. So instead of like trying to convince my clients or logically, you know, battle those wits when their listing gets yanked and they're like, WTF, can they, can they just control my business? Like, I'm like, yes, they can. It's a marketplace. <laughs> so instead of fighting the logic, I'm like, hey, instead of fighting about this, let's just go solve the problem. Here's the solution. And, and here's my favorite example. This Quinn, you're going to love this. Pesticides gating. Have you ever had a client who got yeah. the pesticides gating? So, so what did you do? Did you spend hours trying to tick it back and forth and say, Amazon, you misclassified it? No, it did the training. You did the training and passed the test, right? Yeah. Because that's the right move. That is how you should be selling and thinking about selling on Amazon. So if anybody's listening to this and hasn't, has got this problem, go Google my Amazon guy pesticides. I have the answer key publicly released on my videos and, and screw Amazon because you're selling tweezers. They shouldn't be trying to make you gate pesticides for crying. I don't have a single client I've ever had who has sold pesticides, but I've had 44 tests I've passed in pesticides gate. It's so stupid. I had to do the same. Although the very first time, the very first time it happened, I did the back and forth support case. Me too. Because I'm like, I'm not selling pesticides. It's not even near pesticides. And maybe because there's the word, I don't know, microbes or I don't even know, anti-something. Anti-microbial, like I'm pushing yes, the word, but yes. Yeah, that, that's it. And um, yeah, so before there was even any kind of resolution, okay, let's take that course. And then I, unfortunately, I never found your your seat, but I, I know the answers by now. So I just- By heart. <laughs> I go there and there's a way, by the way, if you're listening to this, it seems like the videos cannot be fast forwarded. But there's a way to do it. If you put your mouse on top of the line and drag it, the video ends and you can answer the questions. So you don't have to wait. There, uh, there's a life pro tip right there. <laughs> there you go. That's great. You don't have to wait to watch the entire video and go to the next. You can drag it with your mouse. <laughs> That's great. So besides my Amazon guy, which is myamazonguy.com. That's pretty easy to, to remember. Your YouTube channel is, how many subscribers do you have? 
only 1600, you yeah. know, I, I'm, I'm not producing millions of views by any stretch, but uh, youtube.com slash my Amazon guide. The people that do watch it though, appreciate it. And that's, that's all that matters to me. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I don't know if the subscriber count has much to do with anything because I watched your videos before. And to be honest, I didn't subscribe, but if I need to watch another one, I'll go there again. And uh, <laughs> that's probably what probably thousands of other people think. That the that's, same what, thing. that's what people do, right? People watch a video. And although I should subscribe just so it shows up on my feed again. And uh, maybe, uh, maybe YouTube will get in tune with um, not showing me those ads. You probably don't advertise your own services on your videos. But I, it's, it's, it's a mention in passing. I'm like, Hey, and thanks for watching. And if you need further help, go to my That's what I do. But, uh, I did test monetizing my site for three weeks. I just wanted to see what would happen. Um, I could make 500 bucks a month in YouTube ads if I let other people advertise on my videos, but I, I turned it off. I, I, I didn't like that. I just want people to be able to get quick answers and add value to the community. Yeah. Well, what I meant was monetizing when let's say somebody like you, if you were monetizing the videos, you are giving somebody else the opportunity to put Amazon ads on your video. Yep. So, and, so I did, I tested that for three weeks. Yeah. I'm not going to do that anymore, but I was curious who would show up on it. And I got to see all of the get rich quick schemes showing up I on the, the ads. I saw them too. I don't, I don't want to mention any names, but uh, yeah, it's um, some of them had to do with ninjas. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> well said, well said. <laughs> All right, Stephen, man, it's a pleasure having you here. Where else did you want people to go to? Where can they find your tools and find you? So myamazonguy.com, everything's connected there. You can subscribe to our podcast at podcast.myamazonguy.com. And, and Quinn, I'd, I'd love to have you on my podcast next. You're, you're a great person to talk to. And I look forward to you know, budding up more and more over the course of the next few years as we build a relationship. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. We'll team up. And someone's uh, got it. If we don't team up, Amazon's going to steamroll our our clients and sellers. So we got we got to team up and say, "Hey, Amazon, cut this out." Yeah, let's do it. All right, Stephen, pleasure having you here, man. Let's stay in touch. All right, sounds like a plan. Thanks, Quinn.